welcome to the Radical Self-Belief Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Fogdenmore, the Mojo Maker, and this is your ultimate destination for candid, essential, inspiring advice to get you in the driver's seat of life. Discover exclusive leadership insights, plus proven practical tools and techniques to activate true conscious decision-making for extraordinary results. Reignite your vision, harness effortless energy as we guide you to truly be the CEO of your life as well as your business for absolute sustainable success. Hi guys and welcome back. This is Radical Self-Belief, the Mojo Maker podcast. If you've joined me from my earlier editions of the Mojo Maker podcast, thank you so much for jumping over on our new show platform. I don't know how that all happened, but when we moved websites, we also suddenly moved our entire show to different iTunes and Spotify links left, right, and center. So now it is the yellow cover. So it's the yellow podcast cover. You're in the right place because all the original episodes from the Mojo Maker podcast are all with us here today, just uh, kicking off with a slightly updated title, Radical Self-Belief, the Mojo Maker podcast. And I'm your host, Nikki Fogden-Moore, um, recording from Noosa, Sunshine Coast, Queensland. So lucky to be here in Australia with everything else. My hearts and thoughts go out to all my New South Wales and also Victorian and New Zealand people at the moment that are in lockdown, really doing it tough and so many really struggling with restriction after restriction and a wealth of uncertainty and no information to really know how to plan next. So I'm hoping that if you have been listening to the show in the past, and you've looped back or it's the first time you've stumbled across the show, welcome, and that it provides you with practical, inspiring tips on how to truly get in the driver's seat of life. I'm going to share with you the how of absolutely shifting your mindset. So not just the why we need to do it and why it's important to move out of overwhelm and come into really knowing who you truly are and how you can make conscious decisions, especially with the quantum decision-making program and all the models that I've created there. But most importantly, This is to declutter and define the simple tools that have to be done on a daily basis to actually achieve the results that retrain and reframe our old programming and our old scripts. So if you're into any type of understanding of neuroplasticity, uh, where there's a will, there's a way, mind over matter, uh, whatever you want to call it, you must realize that repetition, consistency, and dedication are always going to outwin, you know, hoping that something's going to change. And today we're back on the business of mastering self, which is pretty much my full-time job, helping others navigate through that to really uh, step up into their charter and purpose and to do so in flow without force. I call it the flow field, not the force field. But today's session is the business of mastering self part two. And it's really important because this is the tricky bit. The first part is always about, okay, how do you show up? It's showing up for yourself. It's the humility behind self-mastery. It's the need not to announce what you're doing. It's the ability to know that there are no shortcuts, as I said in the last episode, uh, and you must be the source of your own approval and to create before you consume. So if you haven't listened to that, please have a little loop back to episode 151, which is part one of the business of mastering self. Now, in today's session, which is part two, I want to take you through to the next level. If you like, once you've understood that foundation, you've embarked on true self-mastery, not just a fake through, but a proper breakthrough. Uh, And the thing is, it won't be a choice because it'll be part of your own organic journey as you adult through life, wherever your title, age, gender, or wherever you sit in the world, we're all here to evolve as human beings, you know, to become 
who we originally were in the first place and to declutter and deprogram. All the expectations, shame, blame and guilt have probably carried forth with us since we started having a need to be right or wrong or prove. So today's show is really, really important for me because I want to talk about what happens when you really start being aware and how that awareness is not actually the awareness of how other people are, but it's a sudden awareness of your own triggers and the things that you have been doing to control your outside environment, projects, or people thinking that that is a safe zone or thinking that that's going to give you guaranteed success or manipulating an outcome where it's going to keep you safe and avoid conflict. I want to explain that again. Most people avoid conflict by trying to control certain things. And you know that that's not going to work. It's like a house of cards because that type of you know manipulation, even if it's unknowing, because most of us are taught to kind of sell our way through something or don't upset the apple cart or the truth isn't always the best option, or whatever you've been taught growing up, is that ultimately no one's living in their truth. So to actually bring it up seems aggressive rather than assertive. It can be a very, very difficult road to navigate, but it's so part of self-mastery, which is you know understanding your truth, not anyone else's, not lecturing anyone what they should be doing. That's the greatest liberation as well in any type of relationship is not putting your projections onto someone else and how they're not showing up for you. But really having the awareness to understand that when you're triggered by something, it means it's not healed. It means that it's a point that needs to be looked at, like a wound that is raw and open, or for example, a thorn in your finger, when you rub your finger across it, it gets uncomfortable. When something's healed, it's not uncomfortable. When something's neutral, it doesn't really matter. You can talk about it easily with flow and grace. So part two of self-mastery is understanding what triggers are. And when that happens, also how you move through into being more open, engaged, and considered. And that is really awareness. What we often mistake for when we go through this process is we kind of get to a point we want to work on ourselves, but then what we do is we focus on what everyone else is doing wrong, which is, you know, the reverse of what we should be doing because this is no other person's business than your own. And what they do is their business too. And I think that's the greatest lesson of all is how someone else shows up their actions are their business. You can't control how someone shows up, but you can control how you react to it, how you respond and what your frequency and your vision, mission, integrity and values are and how you're going to do that. And that means extreme level of awareness, not just a, oh yeah, sort of understand what's going on, but the ability to compute the difference between flow and force, the ability to compute the difference between you being avoidant, dismissive or defensive about something because it triggers you versus open, engaged, and considered. So with these podcasts, I always like to give you three tips or three tools or three anchors to take away. And in this one for Mastering Self Part 2, I want to give you the following three anchors to think about. Number one is you need to be aware of the stories that you are constantly operating from or buying into or selling to others. Your excuse stories, your safe zones, your yes buts, your I love you but, or I wish it was different but. It's the buts that keep us stuck. It's the unrealistic realms that we place ourselves in to avoid pain again, conflict, or confrontation. The second thing is doing the work, showing up and doing the work, the tiny work. It's not understanding what you need to do to actually live a life of flow, but it's actually the tiny little radical moments throughout your day where you're acutely aware that it's the tiny shifts and coordinates that make the biggest difference. So you can't understand what you need to do and then not apply it. It's like some of my junior clients, when I first started working with them, 
like the idea of a budget, but they're never going to plan properly. So they don't really follow through. So they'll start a spreadsheet or they'll start zero or they'll start setting up their business, but then they don't really put the discipline into their administration every week and getting on top of it. And within a few weeks, they're right back to the point of being afraid of money and finance, a lack of understanding because they're not doing the work. It's the same thing in relationships with others. And most importantly, it's the same thing in the relationship with yourself. If you don't show up for yourself by having acute awareness and you're not willing to do the work, then self-mastery won't be where you're going. You'll just stay stuck. And the third part of mastering self, I think for awareness, is observing self. It's not externally observing other people, but it's actually just not engaging with other people's actions and not projecting onto them and not kind of looking at what everyone else is doing, but understanding yourself around other people. I call it the traffic light system. Where is flow? Where is kind of a stuck awkwardness? And where is there just an allergy in a no-go zone? So it's even a place or it could be a particular group of people or a person. You know where your energy aligns, whether it's green, amber, or red. It's observance of how you flow in a situation, even in your job or your day-to-day things as well. It's understanding how you transmute toxic to terrific. So let's get a little bit started. Remember, you can always loop back to episode 150, and I recommend you do that just to get some grounding on this development for the business of mastering self part one and those three core areas, no shortcuts. You are your own approval system and create before you consume, which leads us beautifully into this session. So if you haven't already, don't forget to hop over to my new website, nikkifogdenmore.com. Depending on when you're listening to this, it might not be new anymore. And I want to thank each and every one of you, just as a little side note, for subscribing and the reviews and for also buying my book on radical self-belief, which is available on Booktopia. Very, very exciting. In the meantime, let's get started. So I want to talk to you a little bit around the word of awareness of stories and triggers and what that really means. I guess what we do is we're very good at identifying issues in our life. We're very good at identifying what's going wrong, but we're not very good at taking the resolve to actually shift out of it. We like to stay stuck in a safe zone. So taking a leap of faith to move out of stories that are constantly keeping you in comparison analysis, commitment avoidance, inability to manage your finances, inability to choose happiness, a disbelief that love exists, the fact that all relationships are going to relate to doom and gloom, you know, the fact that you're always going to lose your money and you never keep it. Whatever the story is that you're telling yourself, why are you telling yourself that story? Is it still serving you? If you listen to any of my little mini mojos or Instagram or any of my videos, I always talk about leave the crap on the bag carousel on the left. Do not keep putting more and more stuff into the luggage of concern, shame, blame, and guilt because it won't get you anywhere. All it will do is create a heavier load, a heavier burden, and a heavier requirement for you to just feel that your life isn't going anywhere. The only person that can shift your awareness and your movement from stories that no longer serve you is you. It really is you. So the other thing is you have to be willing to change. You have to be willing to do the work. So let me just give you an example of things where you get triggered. You get triggered if someone calls you out for certain things where you start to immediately, you don't want to talk about the subject, you're dismissive of the comments and their feelings, and you're defensive around the topic. Because if something's neutral, it's not a trigger, you wouldn't even worry about discussing it. So you've got to look at that wound or look at that trigger or look at that false sense of security and ask yourself, why am I being avoidant, dismissive, and defensive? There's a trigger in here that I haven't healed. 
and I'm staying stuck in a story that is not serving me because it is bringing up a friction inside of my personality, inside of my communication, inside of my relationships where I can't just be honest. I can't just be honest with myself, let alone with someone else. So understand where those triggers come up. I think most importantly as well, triggers are there to show us what needs to be looked at. They're there to pop up like a little bit of a road sign to go, warning, we should probably look at this pothole before you kind of move on at 100 miles an hour. But all too often what we do is we go through these triggers time and time again and we get so many different lessons on them, but we don't stop long enough to assess them and to look at them clearly and go, wow, you know what? That is something that I'm hanging on to. Do I really need to fight for that limiting belief? Because if you fight for your limiting beliefs, I've been betrayed before, relationships suck, I've had two divorces, it's never going to work out, Uh, whatever it is, I was speaking to a gorgeous lady this morning who's just done amazing self-work, but she went through two divorces and it wasn't until she really started working on her own personality, on being enough and understanding what was really important to her, that she realized she was just staying stuck in the fact that she was totally attracting the wrong things into her life because she was avoidant and dismissive and defensive where she thought she'd gone wrong in the past. So she looked at those triggers and she moved into being open, engaged and considered. What's really important, I think as well, is to realize that there's no shortcut, right? So it's about understanding that you'll get presented these triggers in many different ways by many different people and projects until you really gradually work through them and they become a neutral item in the chapter of your life. We've all got triggers. We've all got moments, experiences, situations in our life that have scared us to death, that have led us down beyond what's remarkable for disappointment, broken our hearts, broken our bank balances, broken bones. We've had all those situations, but you're here today listening. You survived it and there is no time like the present. So moving yourself from the awareness of stories and triggers is the first part of self-mastery number two. And that means shifting into being open, engaged and considered. And that means engage when someone comes to you that's really meaningful to you to listen to what they have to say and to hear them, to realize that people that actually care about you are probably going to call you on the same stories that you're talking about time and time again if they're no longer serving you because you're probably keeping yourself stuck and everyone else around you in that same cycle. So when you move through self-mastery part two, this kind of level of ability to be aware of your own stories And not just look at them, but to shift them from avoidant, dismissive, and defensive to being open-minded, engaged, and considered about them. You'll start to create a whole new level of understanding for yourself, compassion, forgiveness, and also the ability to move through it and not have those as friction, again, as subjects, as thoughts, and as feelings. And I think it's so, so important. And when you do that, then you can lean in and keep doing the work. So what does doing the work actually mean? And self-mastery, I think the most important thing that I always say to my clients and anyone I work with in all my books is if you don't show up for yourself, you're not going to get any results. All the tools can be laid out, the resources, the fuel, if you like, but unless you're willing to put it in the tank, drive around the distance, look at the roadmap and actually stop at each corner, you're not going to get anywhere. You have to show up for yourself and do the simple things that create a solid foundation for the future. If you keep doing the same things as you've done before, you'll end up with the same results. It's the most famous Einstein quote. So it's so important that you challenge yourself on your old patterns and you have the courage to show up and to do the work. Here are some really good examples of what doing the work looks like. If someone's working with you as a coach or you're going through even one of my online courses, do the actual module. 
Don't just speed read everything and hope you're looking for a magic pill or winning nugget that suddenly will solve all the world's problems. Chances are, if there's anything like the course that I do, those people have put a lot of information into making sure that the modules, the information, the contents and the frameworks are actually practical tools to help you create results. If you skip through everything, you don't do the work, you're not going to get anywhere. Not only are you wasting your own time, but you're wasting the opportunity to move yourself into a place where you actually start achieving a sense of flow and remarkability. Doing the work means, you know, putting some time aside for yourself and asking yourself the questions of, am I showing up for myself? Am I ensuring that I'm my highest cheerleader? Am I observing myself more than others and accountable for my reactions and triggers? Am I open, engaged, and considered to have good conversations? And look at areas of my life that I feel like I keep hiding from because they're the areas I can meet and make the biggest gains. So when we don't do the work, it's so funny because we actually start reflecting the old attitude that we did when we want to stay stuck in the stories. We become avoidant, we become dismissive, and we become defensive. So having an accountability buddy, whether it's a partner, a coach, someone in a group that can say to you, hey, why aren't you showing up on this topic? You said it's so important for you to do the work. I think is really, really important because all so often we can talk ourselves out of doing the most amazing thing for ourselves. So doing the work is the core foundation of any training in life. Doing the work means understanding that the only best outcome you'll ever get is when you fully commit to showing up for yourself. Doing the work is being aware of the stories and triggers that you remain stuck in as your false walls of defensiveness to keep you safe. Doing the work understands that by trying to control things to avoid conflict, you're actually creating more conflict and friction than ever before. And to stand in the light of the truth and to show up for yourself with grace and intelligence is far greater than trying to keep all things compartmentalized and in different areas to make sure that you feel safe, but it isn't really a secure and open situation. Bringing yourself into a state of awareness where you understand what you're actually saying to yourself versus the truth is the most important element in self-mastery. What stories are you telling yourself so that you don't have to feel the fear and you can stay stuck in those areas? Where are you not letting curiosity be the driving force for your happiness and you're choosing to stay in blame, shame, guilt, and also probably hiding from the possibility that you're in charge of your destiny? It's so easy to blame the lack of a happy future on the past we've all gone through. But self-mastery means understanding that's part of who you are. It's the chapters we walk through life. It's our open book. It doesn't mean that we don't look at those scars and it doesn't mean we didn't walk that path. But that's the beauty of experience, of wisdom, of emotional maturity, and of course, of your own physical and groundedness to being really present in the life that you have now. The only way we form anxiety is when we're constantly looking back or we're trying to avoid pain in the future. If you can master the art of being present, and do the work on refraining from stories, understanding your triggers, and not blaming others for situations from the past, you can put yourself in the driver's seat to understand that you can make conscious decisions and navigate your way from chaos to calm. And that takes the third thing. Self-mastery part two is the ability to step back and see your own actions. The ability to understand that maybe for years you've been using stories of things that happened to you as reasons not to be happy, that you might actually be addicted to the suffering, the trauma, the PTSD, and all the things that went wrong because it's convenient to stay in that story. Often in society, we surround ourselves with friends and family and people 
that allow us to stay in that story. It's called the poor me club. You know, everyone feels a lot more comfortable when we don't have to face our own demons and we can put a hand on a shoulder for someone and say, yeah, that's really terrible. But at a certain point, we all have to have people around us that say, you know what? I think it's time to pick yourself up. That was the past and you have to utilize all you can for the future. Do it for your kids. Do it for yourself. Do it for any reason that's important, but don't stay stuck. Observe how you're responding in life and who you're hanging out with and where you gravitate to conversations. Are you gravitating towards people that indulge your stories, that indulge the suffering conversations, that indulge the this happened to me, the poor me victim status? Or are you starting to learn about the possibility that people who are actually taking charge of their life and doing great things are doing that because they're showing up, doing the work, and they're aware of what great can look like, but they're committed to making sure that happens. There's a lot of wonderful things to look for when you look around the corner of where you've come from, but you need to do two things. Number one, you need to understand your triggers and understand when you're avoidant, dismissive, and defensive. All that's going to do is keep you stuck as where you are today. Instead, you need to go through and swap your thinking, your active living, and the way that you run your day and your conversations to be open, engaged, and considered. And most importantly, that's the conversation with self. If you feel yourself shutting down, pointing fingers, judging others, or feeling blame, shame, and guilt, it's because you're really not taking accountability to understand that you're not being open, engaged, and considered. You're defensive, avoidant, and dismissive. It's that we're so used to sitting in that cycle, we often don't recognize it. So mastering self takes a radical sense of self-discipline and self-belief. It's really the ability to renew your own energy. I always call it renewable energy, how to transmute toxic to terrific. And that's what we do on this podcast. We take areas that have got all the absolute tools behind them and we have all the quotes, the motivation, the books, but the bottom line is you've got to do the work. The bottom line is you need to remain open, engaged and considered and how you show up for yourself each day. You need to take full responsibility to observe your own actions and how you feel around people, places, and things. You need to put one foot in front of the other, minute by minute if required, and do the work on your mindset and the practical areas that you want to change in your life. And thirdly, you need to be aware of the stories and the triggers that are keeping you stuck in the past, the broken record conversations, and the areas that you really are avoidant for training yourself that happiness is a constant state and it's exactly what you deserve. So on this show, I want you to ask yourself, how am I showing up for myself really? Am I repeating the same stories? I think suffering just to keep in the sense that it's never going to work out, or I'm going to have the courage to feel the fear and do it anyway, to apply some of these techniques, to be my biggest cheerleader, to know that there's no shortcuts, to create a conscious mindset before I consume more content, to be aware of the stories and the triggers that I've been dining out on for so long and bringing everyone around to me to pat me on the back and say, poor me, and realize that that's been a false sense of security. That to order to move through grief and overwhelm, I need to do the work. To move through betrayal and lack of trust or fear of finances and relationships or even of being alone, I need to do the work. That to truly have sustainable success, I need to understand that being happy To be healthy, wealthy, and wise is my birthright. It's what I'm here for, and there's no lack in this universe. I just have to look around the corner and change my perspective. That you're willing to observe yourself and to work through the business of self-mastery like you're your most important project. And I want to add a final thing. 
Often in life, we feel like we have to go off on a pilgrimage to find ourselves because we need time to heal or get over a past. Or we want our own energy and space. To some degree, that's really important. But it's not until you're around other people that are deeply connected to you that you truly see your greatest areas of growth because they mirror you, they trigger you, they bring up the wounds and they ask more of you than ever before. It's so easy to run and hide in our past and our stories and our triggers, to blame, shame and use guilt, to be avoidant, dismissive and defensive. But what I will tell you is that if you have the courage to work on this with friends and family that truly back you, they have the same attitude, the mindset that can be there for you regardless of all conditions. If you can be open, engaged and considered, you'll gravitate towards the right people that will have done the work as well and you won't need to explain yourself. So remember, the business of mastering self is aware of your stories, do the work, observe yourself and have a total awareness around everything. It's not looking at what everyone else is doing and lecturing them on how they can change. It's understanding the stories and the patterns that you've stayed in for so long as to why you're not getting growth for the future. You absolutely deserve the right and have the ability to be healthy, wealthy and wise, whatever that means to you. But you need to step up, show up for yourself and do this on a daily basis with the acute radical self-belief that you deserve it. So guys, I really hope that this motivated you to think differently about mindset, that it carried you through the second part of showing up on what self-mastery really looks like. And once again, it reiterated, this is an inside job. It's totally personal. How you view the world as your own birthright, how you talk about yourself and show up for yourself in the conversations you have, that's your choice. I hope these tools have helped you see your own source of renewable energy and given you a couple of shifts and coordinates to shift from chaos to calm. Please do the work. Please be open and engaged and please reach out. I'd love to hear from you. If this is a really interesting topic and you've enjoyed the version of this podcast and the way it's happening on these episodes, then please let me know. What we're trying to do at the moment is I think hand over some really practical tools in digestible nuggets that you can hear clearly and maybe just take one small piece away from today that could be a game changer. But there's so much more where this came from. Hop over to YouTube, Vitality Coach TV, go onto my website, NikkiFogdenMoore.com, hop over to more of the episodes, Radical Self-Belief, the Mojo Maker podcast, like, subscribe. I'd love your reviews. And don't forget, you can use Podcast 10 when you buy the book from my website. And I really look forward to seeing you on the Booktopia link as we go nationwide with a really cool campaign with a cool online retailer. So in the meantime, thank you for being here with me, for joining me on today's episode, The Business of Mastering Self Part 2. Wherever you are in the world and whenever time you listen to this, you know, I think it's the 19th or the 20th of August, 2021. It's an incredibly different time than three years ago, but this is where we have to have agility. You have to rise and shine, give yourself the opportunity to rewrite the script no matter what's going on around you. And that's what the show is all about, that you need to believe for about yourself completely from within. There are tools and tactics to make you do that for lasting results. You absolutely have the ability to shift your focus for sustainable success. Thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Nikki Fogden-Moore. Tune in to some other guests on the show as well. And as always, you stay healthy, wealthy, and wise. Well, thank you so much for joining, listening, and engaging in Radical Self-Belief, the Mojo Maker podcast. Drop me a like, share, and subscribe to Nikki Fogden-Moore on YouTube, as well as across all the podcast channels and my website, 
NikkiFogdemore.com for Monday Mojo exclusive emails from me each week. And don't forget to use the code PODCAST10 for 10% off any of my books when you shop online at NikkiFogdemore.com. Until next time, you stay healthy, wealthy, and wise, and remember you are in the driver's seat of life.